Welcome to the Manufacturing Come Up. This is a podcast designed to share people's stories, experiences, and knowledge in hopes of helping someone else reach their goals. We will be interviewing various people from different industries in order to gain a variety of perspectives to help people make informed decisions on the best way to pursue their career aspirations within manufacturing. Welcome back to the Manufacturing Come Up. Here today, we have a wonderful guest with us, Nikki. What's your last name? Walter. Walter. You could, I mean, Nikki, Nicole, Nicole, Nikki. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's all good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know the podcast, you know, basically we try to educate people and try to enlighten people with people's backstory, their history, where they came from, and how they got to where they're at in their career. And we let our guests take it as far back as they want to take it. Uh, to just shed light on kind of how they came up, how they got into the industry, and uh, yeah. This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. We are systems integrators that focus on robotic weld applications, as well as the design and manufacturing of weld fixtures. We like to provide these new technologies to our customers because it gives them the cutting edge against their competitors and other manufacturers in the industry, as well as it gives us a competitive edge because there's a lot of other system integrator companies that are not dealing with AMR technologies. They're not deploying UR robots or collaborative robots or bin picking applications. And these are things that we like to focus because they're new, innovative technologies in our industry that gives us capability to deploy applications that we could not do one point in time ago. If you have any questions or would like to request for a quote, you can shoot us a message at rfq at eliteautomationusa.com. Well, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, so my story is really kind of wacky. My dad started the business in 1979. And, you know, as far as I can remember, he never wanted me in the business whatsoever. It was just not what he thought was going to be good for me. My mom and him wanted me to be a lawyer or a doctor. And so like, that was the push. So, you know, I went to college. I I studied chemical engineering and finance. I do nothing with that now, but just the finance portion. But what's really cool about it is that as much as he didn't want me in there, he did need me towards the end. So 2008, 2009, coming out of college, like the worst time to find a job because of the Great Recession. So I came about and um, he called me and said, you know, I need some help in the business. I need to need to make things a little bit different, kind of get a new fresh face, fresh like voice. Sales would be good for you. I said, fine. So I, I showed up, um, but then he said, I, but I don't want you just yet. Like you have to get like a real job first, get kicked around a bit, get some thick skin and then come by me. So I worked in the finance industry for about a year, um, got fired. Cause I got, I got a big mouth and I like things the way that I like things. Surprise, surprise why I run a company today. But um, I showed up on my dad's door and he said, all right, let's get you in. So it was only supposed to be like a temporary solution. Um, but what's really cool is I started from the ground up and I really mean that I was shipping, receiving, I was doing like post-secondary things like adding in bearings, doing assembly work, adding flanges, set screws. Um, and from there, I really started to understand the product line and what we were doing. I mean, it's pretty sad to say that even though my dad started it in 79, I had no idea what machines he had, what he did, who our customers really even were. So I, I did that and I moved into inventory control, into purchasing, and then I started to do more front of office things like uh, estimating, quoting, uh, went back into the accounting side of things to kind of understand that portion. 
And then eventually I decided it was gonna be a good idea to probably understand like the back end of things, especially for quoting. We started to get a little bit more high level things while I was doing sales. And uh, I, I went and started to do precision machining classes. So I, I know how to run a bridge port. I know how to use a manual lathe. I've gotten burnt by chips all the time. Um, and then I, I kind of went on and, and did the bigger thing. So then I learned how to CNC program uh, lathes and mills. And now I can, really under, like, I can really say that I know the entire aspect of the business. And even today I still run machines and I'm out there full of oil and I've been joking around this entire time at IMTS saying, I don't really ever look like this. Like normally I'm in five days of dry shampoo and yoga pants and I just look mess and I smell like oil. Um, so, but it, it's good. It's good to get out in the shop floor. It's good to, to be with your team and it's good to showcase that you're with them doing the same things as them, that you're not too good to do, to do anything. So yeah. Yeah, that's super important. Like even now, like I'll still go, you know, on site to installs and you know, a lot of times I don't do a lot. I'll sit and somebody else is even managing the project, but just being there with the guys and giving inputs and just being involved in what they're doing. I think they really appreciate that. Appreciate seeing your face on the floor. Yeah, they do. And you know, we do something different. So actually I'm shutting down the entire company tomorrow so that everyone can come here and walk the floor. And so everyone's getting paid a normal day but at least they get to see like the industry that they service. You know, we do gears, timing belt pulleys, splines and shafts. So a lot of the components that we make are actually in these machines. Yeah. And so I want them to be able to see the new technology, the new things that we're purchasing to kind of, you know, make it a, a better company, bring on the cooler things. We bought automation. We just bought another uh, mill. And so it, I want them to like be a part of that movement and be a part of like that transcending technology that we're really getting into. And to be quite honest, there's been a few times that I've actually bought a few things because they came up to me and said, hey, you know, there's a parts washer that I think that we, we should be using or a broaching machine and just like the little things that they get involved in. And so when they see that like hit the shop floor, they think that's such a cool thing and it's, it's a good vibe for everybody. Yeah. Have y'all dove into automation much yet? No. So we're finally getting into it. So I'm excited. We bought a, a robo job. And so that's going to be on our lathe as soon as we can move machines. I mean, it's just, it's been crazy. Um, but it's great because being at this show at IMTS, you're now hearing everyone ask, do you want it with automation? Like before in the past, that wasn't the thing, right? It was like all high production that they would ask. But now they're making automation feasible for yeah. someone like us. That's like a high mix, low volume. So I'm super excited about it. Yeah, that's kind of one of the big things that's difficult for like doing automation on, on machine tending. It's because like the high volume, the custom, if you're doing like job shop type of work, makes it much more difficult to handle all the different variants of parts. Right. So it's nice to see that the technology piece is finally changing with that too. Yeah. So let's go back uh, to your past again. Yeah. And what was it like growing up for you? Well, my dad was always at the company, which was cool. Um, but what I really liked about that was that when he'd come home, he would always talk about work. And so from a very early age, I understood the dynamics of what it was to run a business, the stress, um, how hard it is when you have to fire someone, how hard it is to hire someone. Um, but other than that, it was good. Like I, I ride horses. I still do that to this day. Uh, play tennis, golf. I should be much better at all of those things, given the amount of time I've had to practice. 
Um, but it was cool and it was great to like go to the company a lot of the times and see what he would do. But at that time I didn't really like correlate or understand like I do today, what that all means. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of those things like you don't really realize it until like you dive into it. Like right. then you feel it. You totally do. And every day it's just like, ah, oh, man, do I, do I want to retire today? Like there's just, especially since COVID it's, it's been a mess. It's been hard to deal with, but that's part of the gig. Right. Yeah. How was, um, what, what made you transition to go into finance or what drove you down that road? So, you know, I liked working with my hands from an early age. So when you talk about like, you know, ask, ask me about like my background and early ages, my dad had a, a little shop in the basement. So he would always work on stuff. He'd pull things apart to my mom's dismay because like nothing ever got finished. But I always saw him work with his hands. And so I'd help him. I'd give him a wrench. I'd give him a screwdriver or a Phillips. Like I was always kind of like his person to help him. As an only child, like I was like his little, his little minion, his little mini me. Um, but I liked working my hands. So when I went for chemical engineering, I thought, well, you know, maybe I just want to be, I want to be a doctor, but I want to be a surgeon because I want to work with my hands. But then when I realized how much work that was, I was like, absolutely not. Like, I don't want to go to school for like 15 years. So since I love math and science, I thought the next best thing would be to add the math portion in it. So I went into finance. Really? Yeah. Huh. Awesome. So that's the only thing I use today. <laughs> do you feel like they mixed well or how do you think, what did you think about it? Like, did you kind of immediately realize you didn't like it or? For chemical engineering? Yeah. I mean, I, I loved it because lab was fun, but if I wanted to take it an extra step, it was gonna to be too much for what I really wanted to do. So now that I'm in manufacturing and, and I'm really like knee deep into it, it's so cool to see how, even though I didn't really like, I'm not a mechanical engineer, a lot of those processes that I learned in chemical engineering, I can like cross pollinate to like what I do today. Yeah. So that's been really helpful. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So whenever, whenever you kind of, you, well, you went into the career field, right? And did you did you have like just one employer, and then you went back to to operating within the company? Or yeah, really. Yeah, so I've only had one real job outside of HM. <laughs> That's awesome. But now I feel like I, I'm managing my dad too, so I feel like I also have an extra responsibility. <laughs> That's awesome. So how how was the transition coming back into the company? Did you was it a while before you? started taking on more leadership roles or? Absolutely, I mean, I was so green. I didn't know anything and rightly so. So it, it took a lot of, it took a lot of time to get my dad's respect on a lot of different departments that I was doing. And so I consider myself a disruptor. Like I love to kind of change the narrative of things. So when I wanted to implement a new website, when I wanted to do social media, when I wanted to just kind of do things the way that I wanted to, it was, it was hard for a long time. So. Up until about four years ago, when my dad was like, you know what, I think you, uh, I think you know what you're doing. Uh, I'm going to pass the reins off to you. But it was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, a lot of hard nights, a lot of working late to show him that I was capable of doing it and that I was serious. So I guess if you wouldn't mind, like, diving a little deeper into, like, that process of how how you kind of transitioned and moved up. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit different because the family business. For sure. Um, but I think it's still very important for individuals to kind of see, and maybe maybe they're dealing with uh, working with one of their parents. My, my kids are gonna have to deal with it, right? Oh my like... God, God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my dad's old school. He's 79 and he's German, so he's very stubborn and it's been difficult to try to get him to see my thought process. But 
you know, earlier today I was on a panel and one of the girls who is taking over her father's business was like, how did you do it? And just a one little key thing was that I had to learn how he wanted to be talked to. What was gonna like resonate with him? So all of these like fresh ideas that I was bringing to him, I was bringing to him as like a business partner and he wanted to just be talked to as like a father daughter. And so I'd come in and I'm like, Ken, and I start like laying down all of these things and he gets so mad he's like, I'm your father, call me dad. I don't care where we are. And so just little things like that. But, you know, diving into like the nuances of it. I spent a lot of time in each department. And the only reason I would move around was because I got bored because I had, a, I had already implemented what I wanted to do. So our systems were super archaic and I wanted to bring things up into like the new wave of things. So every time I'd get a new idea, try to figure that out. Um, I. I knew that I had to be responsible for it. So if I wanted to implement a new piece of technology, I was gonna have to be a big process person for it. So that's what we did, even down to like the CAD CAM and the SOLIDWORKS. Like I, I did AutoCAD from beginning, intermediate, advanced with 3D modeling. And my dad's like, all right, if you wanna take this on, like you've gotta do that. So, you know, and it, I think that was his test to see if I was really gonna do it or not. This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. We also specialize in new technologies such as AMRs that gives us the ability to automate tasks that used to not be able to be automated. We like to provide these new technologies to our customers because it gives them the cutting edge against their competitors and other manufacturers in the industry, as well as it gives us a competitive edge because there's a lot of other system integrator companies that are not dealing with AMR technologies. They're not deploying UR robots or collaborative robots or bin picking applications. And these are things that we like to focus because they're new, innovative technologies in our industry that gives us capability to deploy applications that we could not do one point in time ago. If you have any questions or would like to request for a quote, you can shoot us a message at rfq at eliteautomationusa.com. Yeah, also that was like a big thing that helped me in my career is like, I just kept taking on new things, right? Like there'd be a gap in the company, somebody's not doing it or they're not doing a good job and dropping the ball and things all the time. Like, yeah. okay, I'll do it. Sometimes I wouldn't even tell people I'm gonna do it. I just start doing it and then Next thing you know, I'm the one that's doing the thing now. Like I, that's how I got into uh, doing risk assessments. So I did all the company's risk assessments uh, for all the automation capital projects we did. And it just came from like pursuing and doing what other people really didn't want to do or weren't, weren't doing a good job at it. Right. And that happens. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For a parent that operates a company, yeah. What do you think that they can do if they want their child to to be part of the business? I think they're going to have to have like a real transparent conversation. You know, I came in and I wasn't supposed to be a part of the business after like a few years. And then it morphed into what it is today. So I think being transparent about the expectations and what they want and also as you know, as the person coming in with the parent, like, what do you want out of it? So you have to figure that out. Like, do you want all that responsibility? Do you really want to take this on? Because it's a lot of work. It's all day, every day, nonstop. The grind is real. And you really have to deal with a lot of different personalities and have empathy. And so, you know, for a parent, you just have to figure out, do you think your child can handle that? Because it's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like for me, it's like, I definitely don't want to force my kids to do anything they don't want to do. Like, guys, do what you want to do. 
I, I would like for them to at least have like involvement. Like it don't even have to be business involvement. If you want to sweep the shop floors, if you want to drill holes in something, like program something, whatever, right? I would like them to at least get a taste of it because sure. there's so many people in manufacturing that like, they don't think of it as like a, a good job or a good career path. And then they, they do it for needing money or just like some some random reason. And next thing you know, it's a year, two, three years later. And they're like, I kind of like this. And then you'll hear individuals that like, that's their backstory. Like it took two, three years before they really realized that they love the industry yeah. and they love doing what they do. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree, it's exposure, right? So now, now that I am where I am, I would I get mad at my dad. I'm like, you know what? If you would have brought me in sooner, I feel like I would have been further along. But I think that it was better off that way, right? Because you come in with like a new perspective. You're you're green to the industry and you're asking a lot of questions. And I think that you end up falling in love with the industry because it just happened versus it was pushed upon you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, too. Like when you with coming in at the age you did versus being there at the very beginning, like you've reached more of a maturity level. Whereas if you would have joined so young, you would have been adapt to like some of the things that were already going on in the company and you couldn't have that outside perspective that you had coming in later in the game. Right, exactly. So what are some things that that you see in, in, with it operating the company? How has that changed for you? With operating it? Yeah. So we have a really young crew and um, I, I say this all the time, the average age is 30. And so there's a lot of different things that like come with dealing with a young crew, right? So, you know, we, we do the TikToks, we do the Instagram, we do all the LinkedIn stuff. And, and I think like that's fun for the operation side of things because we're doing something different. I wanna showcase my team. I'm giving them skill sets. Like we pay for 100% for their training. I want them to do bigger, badder things. And I'm always encouraging them to understand certain things. So, you know, I have an efficiency rate and productivity rate that I look and monitor every day. And then I, I share it with them and I show them like what's going on, how things are happening. And it's just being like transparent with the team. And overall, I feel like it does a better job with like helping me operate because they're a little bit more understanding and involved in like the day to day. They don't need to see the books. They don't need to like be like heavily involved, but just like a little nugget, a little thing and like, TikToks, right? Like now they're all fighting over like who gets to star in the next TikTok. So that's yeah. been funny too. <laughs> that yeah. Powerful. And that you're visible. I don't want them to ever think that like I'm not approachable. Yeah. And so I think being with them all the time and, and helping out on the shop floor and just approachable is a huge thing. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have any particular goals that you'd like to hit with the company? Yeah. Eventually I want to sell, but like not anytime soon. <laughs> I'd be bored. But you know, of course, like there's always that, that growth pattern, that, that thought process. Um, you know, for me, I just want to get more automation. I want to grow internally. Like we're, we're really out of room that we just bought um, a vertical modular system so we can start storing things. Um, because we're just, you know, vertically is great, horizontal, we're out of room. Um, and, and so when you start to see that you're having problems with space, it's a good problem. And, and I want to continue that. You know, for us, you know, employee count is great. I don't think I want to get bigger than a certain point because then you lose that, I don't know, for me, it's like you lose that family unit, like where you know everybody and you understand everybody. Um, but, you know, that's what Lights Out Manufacturing is for. It's what automation is for. And so I'm here for it. Awesome. Yeah. Is there, uh, is there any particular point that, that you want to get to before you sell or is there 
or is it kind of just up in the air? You just know it some sometime in the back of your head. That it's it's back there somewhere. I think I need to be like in my 50s. So I got a, I got a long ways to go. <laughs> so that's the point, 50s, I think, yeah. So it's good that you at least have that in your mind. Like, you know what your end goal is for that. Yeah. Like, my one of my big things is I don't ever plan on selling. Good for you. You know, I'm, I'm like super excited for, like, some of the big automation companies to come try to buy us or, like, I don't know, maybe it's Fanic trying to make deals or something like that or just, like, uh, what was it? Hitachi bought JR Automation, yeah. which is, like, it's the biggest automation company in the world. I want them to come to me and just so I can turn them down. I'm like, no, I'm not selling. Oh <laughs> yeah. I've, I've made it kind of yeah. vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, like, I guess the thing is that it's it's to build something really big, you know, that's that's just really important to me. And, and what we can do after we're big, right? Like, it's not just about profitability. It's not just about... You know, some of these things that you see a lot of the bigger companies do, right? Right. And I think you lose that as soon as you sell to a to a bigger company. They have or their... to a VC. I mean, I, I constantly get emails, and I'm like, not interested. Thank you. Move down yeah. the list. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of advice do you have for individuals who are trying to get into this career path, and uh, what are some things they can do? Well, I think it depends on the age, right? So if you're in high school, I would definitely suggest reaching out, like, I have a lot of high school people who reach out because they know that I have an internship program and I do it year round. And so if you're interested in any sort of capacity, I guarantee you there's gonna be some sort of manufacturing company that'll say, come on down, right? We need people. So it'd be really terrible if we're turning away these kids that like are super excited about manufacturing. Um, you know, get with counselors, get with teachers, see how they can like help you bridge that gap. Um, and if you're older, I, I, you know, there's a lot of trade organizations now that have manufacturing programs too, where they do training and they can also position you and put you into other member companies that have job openings. Yeah, that's become a much bigger thing like the past yeah. few years. Like they, in my area, they just had started that whenever we was in, uh, when I was in high school, they just built the school in our area. So like prior to that, it wasn't even an option. And since I've left, now they have automation. They didn't have automation. They had like body weld, mechanicing, like some things like that. So like the opportunity for, for education is much, much higher. It's changed. And, and I think it's a great thing because people are now pushing for vocational stuff. You're seeing more and more people be excited about entering the trades. I know my local high school that's by my company, they invested $34 million in a brand new wing for their high school for manufacturing. And so when you see that cool stuff happening and that starts to gain traction, you know that like we're making inroads. Yeah. Absolutely. What about people who are uh, a little bit later in their journey? Maybe they're already in college. Maybe they already have uh, a job. What are your thoughts on how they can grow within their career? Within their career, are they in manufacturing or just? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think you have to have a conversation with your manager and what you're trying to get out of it. If you really want to scale, you want to do more, and you're maybe missing like a key skill, go get that skill. Figure out a pathway. I mean, I do that with, with some of my guys that I can see that they've, they've hit that peak and I know that they want to do more, but they don't know what's really available. So I think being able to have those dialogues and say, hey, I feel like I'm maxed out, but I really want to do more and I want to grow internally with the company. Like, what do you think? Or I'd like to be a manager or I'd like to be a, a production manager or supervisor. Like, how do you get to that? 
And it's up to the companies to like figure out how you continue that career pathway for them so you don't lose them. And it's important to like give people milestones and say, okay, you've reached this point, now let's go to the next one. So that there's always something there for them to kind of latch onto. It's really important to, to have that opportunity of growth because some of the best people are lost because they didn't have any more growth. Right, right. They just, yeah, like they just didn't, they wanted to do something else, right? And, and the company either, either didn't offer it to them or yeah, we'll do it, yeah, we'll do it but didn't ever actually make the moves to make it happen. Yeah. Well, those are terrible companies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you have any last words for uh, the people? Uh, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm everywhere. I'm actually everywhere at IMTS, which is funny. You can find me at IMTS. Um, no, but I'm on all the socials. We're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, uh, we're on Twitter, we're on TikTok. And you know, for those that are looking for an internship or an apprenticeship program, I host them year round. Um, and, and if you feel like I'm out of your area, I actually know a lot of people in the industry that are looking for, for people and I'd be happy to put you in touch. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you, for, you. Thank you for being with us. Of course, thank you.